Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. The most, the most fast, the fastest Mad Lib podcast in the western side of Vancouver, Canada. Oh no! It's crunch time. We're doing this in 20 minutes today because Kelsey has all... to go see Viagra Boys. Yeah, in so under. <laughs> yeah, in like under 20 minutes. It's 7:38. Doors are even, at eight. Even thinking about that makes me fucking ill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I don't want to move. I would already be there. Honestly, I'd be standing in a line right now. I can't. I'm always early. I can't not be late. I'm like not. I'm an on time person. I'm early for my work. I'm early for that kind of stuff. I'm just on time for things like that where I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to end up jumping around like an idiot at one point anyways. I mean, I don't know how the rickshaw operates post-COVID. Well, oh, it's free for all. I guess now because you don't have to check your stuff. They just check your ticket light in. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, they checked our Vax Pass, and it was, like, after the mask thing got dropped. Yeah. And then we had our mask, but, like, we got in there and kind of, like, looked around. We're like, uh, no one's wearing one. So we're like, all right, well, let's just see what fucking happens. And what we're show? fine. Yeah, we were totally okay. What show did you see? Oh, um, uh, what show did we see? Oh no! They're like a local band that everybody loves, and everyone's getting mad at me. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> great story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, what a brave part. I'm like, yeah, this. Bleh, bleh. Fuck, I don't know. It'll come. It'll come to what me. They, what do they? What do they sing? What do they wear? What do they look like? Uh, they're kind of like sea shanty, like St. Patrick's Day, fucking. Oh, it's dreadnoughts. Like, like, Okay, sweet. There you go. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, that fucking band. I kind of just went because my friends were going. I don't totally dig the tunes. I'm sorry, everybody who loves them, because fans, the fans are super fans. Yeah, they really love it. So I just like great, but I like live music. Yeah, yeah, totally. They put on a really good show, so that was cool. And I'm old now, so I just sat at the top row. Yeah. Which was the best part, actually. You could see absolutely everything, and no one's sweating on you. It's perfect. I don't like the sweat. Oh, fuck, man. It's a smelly crowd for that band, too. They all, nice. like, forget their deodorant that day. It's just a thing. I don't know. I wear deodorant. <laughs> I just, you know what? <clears throat> I won't, it won't be the first or the last time I forget deodorant, because I do it so frequently. But I, since I've switched to a natural deodorant, I find I don't. Like a, it's not an antiperspirant. It's just like I still sweat, but I find that I don't really. You don't stink. Yeah. I got that sea salt thing, like the crystal, whatever. Oh yeah. Because it was small, like good for carry on. Sure. For traveling, and yeah, I was sweating like a motherfucker down south. Yeah. The deep south. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, it was totally fine. Yeah. Like yeah, I didn't stink at all. The only bummer is when you shave your pits and then put on the sea, the little salt lick. Holy yeah. fuck. Little, little, <laughs> That'll little wake spicy. you up. Yeah. yeah. You're like, ah. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, but it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, I had no problems with that at all. I was impressed once I once I like my body like climatized to a natural deodorant. How I was like, wow, I'm not like I'm still like a sweaty mess. Like that's for sure. Oh yeah, that but it's just like way. yeah, less stinky. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah. A, I a fun felt time. like it worked immediately, but also I was like, I'm going to a place where no one knows me. I don't care if I smell. But Fair. yeah. When I was competing, um, <clears throat> uh, bo- like bodybuilding for anyone that doesn't know, I, I, I wasn't on my, the natural deodorant thing. I was still using like whatever that I was using and, um, working out all the time, I was a very smelly bitch. <laughs> um, but after, when you get the spray tan, your <laughs> the body's pH tan. can mess with the chemicals of the spray tan and change its colors. So like sometimes that's why you see people turning green and stuff, like have a green tint to their spray tan. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe a little orange. Well, they're all going to be a little orange. That's just, yeah. so my coach was like, you, after it was like a day and a half before, I think she's like, no more deodorant because it's going to change your pH and like, Oh yeah. Make sure you're really careful about like, you know, don't change anything. Cause your body's like, adapted. your body's like, ah! Yeah. It's like, so, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. You're so ripped and strong. But it was bronzed. So bronzed. So like bro- a, you're so bronzed. So bronzed. <laughs> like a pair of bronzed baby shoes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, I don't know where the segue is with deodorant, <laughs> yeah, but you could um, probably buy a rabbit shaped deodorant. Yeah. On that note, on the smelly armpits note, we're going to touch on the Easter bun bun. Or yeah, because yeah, well, because it is the time of the Good Friday holiday, and yeah. rabbits are cute. Rabs are cute. Yep. But yeah, I for- I forgot it was Easter. I had people booked on both Friday and Monday, and they're all freaking out. They're like, um, is this a mistake? And I'm like, no, I just whatever, man. You're off. I'm not. Yeah. Let's do yeah. your hair. Let's get let's this go. done. <laughs> No one's making me ham, so, like, come on, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so I kind of, like, it's a bit of a flip-flopper on, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm spicing it up. Yep. I'm moving away from Wikipedia here. Oh, no. I know. Ah, so this is good housekeeping. Actually, (laughs) I I also moved away from Wikipedia for mine. Oh, no. Sorry, (laughs) Wicca Wicca. Next time. Just for this minute. Just for this quick minute. So this was a good housekeeping. What are the Easter Bunny's origins? Here's a fascinating history of the Easter Bunny. All right. Ever wonder what a cute wool land creature has to do with the holiday? <laughs> Legends have it. Every year on Easter, a long-eared, cotton-tailed creature hops from house to house to deliver fat, festive baskets. Full fat of treats, baskets. Fat and festive baskets. <laughs> Just oh, yeah. a haul. Just a big old haul. He's dragging that shit around. Mm-hmm. Um, fat festive baskets full of treats, toys, and delicious candy to children and, and even leaves colorful eggs hidden for them to find. Mm-hmm. Doesn't love an Easter egg hunt. That's, yeah. You know, chocolate's cool and all, but that was the best part. I do have some pretty fun memories of finding Easter eggs. I don't, I can't place them because like, I remember like a pickup truck and like gravel and stuff. And I, I don't oh, wow. know. Yeah. I don't know where like dump gravel on top of the Easter egg. No, it, it would have been like, <clears throat> it would have been like at one of my dad's friend's houses with kids or something. And mm-hmm. they probably had like a gravel driveway. I don't know. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) I really Easter eggs to gravel. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny though. Like I just, it's in, it's in there. It's locked in there. And like, it's locked can't place it. in there. Don't know where it came from. That's Don't so think funny. I made yeah, it that's up. A good one. <laughs> we, I feel like there is a year where it was always like around the hall in the elementary school. Cause they were like neighbors, but mm-hmm. sometimes they would just kind of like put them in obvious places around town. So that was kind of fun. So they would kick the kids out and they're like, all right, go find them. And I don't know if they counted how many eggs were out there and tallied it up. But yeah. I mean, you'd find rogue eggs from like midday. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> or sorry, midday, mid-year. But I don't, yeah, if you, that was, that's a really young memory. I, it, that didn't last long. Do you remember, but do you remember that episode of Bob's Burgers where they did the big Easter egg? Where Bob and Linda got like high and hit all the Easter eggs and then like they lost oh. one and it went bad and they were trying to, like, they're trying to find where the, the dead egg is. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> I also I do remember Melissa, too. I wanted to touch Melissa. on that from last week. I'm like, yes, I do remember that. Actually, I talked a good about, chunk of time watching that. So Yeah, I talked about Bob's Burgers today because one of my friends is a teacher, and he was saying that his students play that game from Bob's Burgers. What's it called? Um. But I, he was like, oh, they're playing this game. And I'm like, what is that? Like, Bob's <laughs> Burgers. It's like, oh. Ball game. Gaga Ball. What one's that? Gaga Ball. It's the Gaga Ball episode. I can't. They all stand in like. And it's like a thing, actually. Because when I was in Kelowna, I saw the Gaga Ball court at the school where I was running my dog. Oh. And I was like, I was like, holy shit, that's a real, that's a real thing. And it's that's like. so funny. <laughs> go. <laughs> It's like a little uh, like hexagon or something, and uh-huh. all the kids like stand around the edge, and you have to. Um, I can't. I don't know. Like I, I'm gonna ruin it. Is, you have to like kick the ball around and like enough. not let it hit the wall or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Hmm, I'll have to look into that. I don't know if I remember that episode. I what I really should be doing is rewatching Bob's Burgers. Honestly, really, yeah. <laughs> That's really what I should be doing. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. Hidden eggs to find. Gaga ball. Yeah, and balls. We. (laughs) Among other popular Easter traditions like hot cross buns and exciting egg hunts, the Easter bunny has long been a well-known popular symbol associated with religious holidays. Yay. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah. Zombie bunny zombie, Jesus. Zombie bun. <laughs> One, two, three, zombie. Uh, <laughs> religious holidays. Yay. Uh, but have you ever wondered where the idea of the Easter bunny came from and how exactly the cute, fluffy, woodland creature became such a prevalent symbol of Easter? Oh. I think it was <laughs> like, what is it? Like the part of my ignorance. Uh, like is she like the goddess of death or the goddess of something reincarnate? I don't know. And her favorite creature was a, a rabbit. Oh, am I making that up? Am I making I don't that know. up? Whatever. I, I know, know there's a goddess involved eventually. Okay. okay. That I'm gonna have to secretly listen to the pronunciation because it doesn't at all. <laughs> I mean, it might be wrong. <laughs> we'll cut We're it playing out. that game again. It's been. I think I did okay last week, so this will be the week that I fumble over stuff yay 
Okie dokie. So the symbol of the East, the bun bun. There's actually a lot of history behind the idea of an egg bearing rabbit on Easter Sunday. It's mm-hmm. not just because he's cute. <laughs> the Easter bunny has a long and deeply rooted history in the Christian holiday that even goes back to pagan traditions. Here's everything you might have wondered about the fascinating origins of Easter Bunny. So you can share the story before you welcome the holiday with chocolate rabbits and plenty of bunny-shaped treats. Mm-hmm. Including where the character comes from, how a rabbit became associated with Easter eggs, and how he came to be such a beloved symbol of the holiday over the years. Little bun bunnies. So... <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> I apologize about my throat. Um, <laughs> so I'm also very curious as to like how the rabbit came to lay eggs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about symbols. It's all about symbols, man. <laughs> I mean, it okay. <laughs> it's all symbols. <laughs> It kind of gets into it. <laughs> All um, right. I also think just to quickly, I won't get into it because I, I'm already taking up your time and I'm sorry, but I think I'm talking about German folklore. Like I think, I think I'm oh, thinking. Oh yeah. That's where the, the Easter bunny uh, is rooted from. Oh yeah. There we go. But what did you say the name was? I think her name was Astara. Astra. Ostra. Oh, Ostra. 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 Yeah. That's, that's the part of the game we're playing today is the, <laughs> the pronunciation game. Ostra. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's lots of goddesses up in this bitch. As there should be. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And a funny little puppet. All right. Let's dive into some of this. Uh, religious background? Everything's religious background when it comes to a holiday. Honestly, but, yeah. <laughs> religion, not that either Brit or I practice any religion, but, like, it's been so, like, ingrained in oh, most rooted. of the things that we interact with in, on a daily basis, yearly basis, whatever, that we don't even fucking realize it. It's just... Yeah, like, no, my, totally. My friend was explaining, like, how... Um, if you follow all the Star Wars, it's actually very close to the Bible. I just, I couldn't even, but when he broke it down, I'm like, oh my God, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're like, really? Oh, yeah. okay. It's turns out like, they do know the Bible quite well. Well, I mean, I would rather, yeah, but. Star Wars Bible. I yeah. sure people believe in that. <laughs> I know Jedi, one. Jedi is a religion. Yeah, it's true. But, um. Yeah, so it's just like there's just you can't escape it, unfortunately. As much as we like hate, uh, hate poke, poke, poke hate, at it, poke at it, it's just like we're it's just there. It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, everybody believes in something, you know. Like it's just there's not yeah. even a true <laughs> separation of uh, uh, um, religion and state or whatever that saying is in America. It's like it's not a thing. It's just like they make you swear on a Bible in court. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go. Which I think that's a dated practice. But anyways, let's talk about... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Let's talk about some Christians. (laughs) Now we're just... (laughs) Fuck this rabbit. 
fuck this podcast. Rabbit. (laughs) As Christians probably already know, the Bible makes no mention of any mythical hare who delivers eggs to children on the day of Jesus Christ's resurrection. So it may be a head scratcher. Why exactly a rabbit became a prominent part of Christianity's most important celebrations of the rebirth and the renewal. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I used to know about. Now I forget. Either way, it involves chocolate now, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it involves chocolate, ham, and maybe turkey. Yeah, but here's the thing. Time. I'm getting fed. It doesn't matter. Yum, 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 yum. On this, on uh, one theory, according to time, is that the symbol of the rabbit stems from ancient pagan traditions on which many of our Easter traditions are based. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got, I'm going to pull up my weird thing. Do it. Because, yeah, it's the opposite of, well, might be the opposite of how it's spelled in terms of pronunciation. Okay. Okay, I think I, <laughs> I, think I have it. Uh, the Festival of Yoster, spelled nice. E-O-S-T-R-E. <laughs> Uh, which honored the goddess of fertility and spring. The goddess animal symbol was a rabbit, which okay. has long traditionally stood for fertility due to the high reproduction rates. Yeah, that's a thing. So, yeah, that's that's where the rabbit came from. Listen to our last podcast to learn about how Britt got her sex talk oh around the fucking rabbit. <laughs> Thanks for taking one for the team, rabbits. Oh my <laughs> Poor Midnight and Mr. Buns. I know. Well, they were having a great time. And like I said, luckily nothing came of it because then it'd be poor midnight. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Where'd my thing come from? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Pouring one out for my two homies because they're, they were rabbits or they were rabbits. They were alive when I was like 10. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. As for the character of the Easter Bunny, um, it made its way to, or how it made its way to America uh, History.com reports that it was first introduced in the 17th century by German immigrants to Pennsylvania, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, there's like a huge amount of German settlers there in Pennsylvania, and they have a different dialect of German that they speak, or Dutch. Oh, which wait, is that, sorry, is that because they all came over there together and their language has sort of evolved amongst themselves? Yeah, yeah, they just all settled there and... Yeah, okay. so they have a huge population of that, which Bex didn't know about. Kind of like, like French Canadians. Yeah, I'd say probably similar to that. Right, because like their their French is completely different from the French, like France French. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it would be similar to that. Interesting. Kind of yeah, I'm Bex. not. I can't remember how they got there, but they did settle there. But Bex went to Pencil, or she went to Philly, and I'm like, did you know? And she's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I just found it yeah. somewhere. <laughs> That's interesting. So you just had that was just in your head. Oh, yeah, I've got a lot of weird shit in my back pocket. That was <laughs> Actually, you know what? I I dropped a, you know, like, just kind of like that. You know when you're, like, conversing with somebody and then you just, like, drop a, like, little factoid and they're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that is kind of weird that I just know that. Yeah, I did, I did that at gym. Like, at the gym, I read a study about how chess players, I, I can't remember, but they burn, like, some extraordinary amount of calories and they're just sitting because of going through so many different things in their head, trying to make their oh. like professional, professional chess players, like, yeah. like heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. Anyways, the girl at the gym, she turned around and she's like, 
Kelsey. I'm like, yeah. She's like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a designer. And she's like, oh, I thought you were based on that comment. Sorry. I thought you were like in like the sciences or like a scientist of some sort or something like that. <laughs> I thought you were a brain learner. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Okay. I just picked it up on Facebook one day while I was. Yeah. Scrolling. I was like, you know, literally there's a, a wealth of weird shit in this thing. And it is, it is oh, yeah. bucket I call ahead. And one day you'll be at trivia and you'll know the one answer. That's I'm waiting what? for that day. I'd have to. By the way, I was a part of a group on trivia on Monday, which is rare. I don't usually go. It stresses me yeah. out. But um, we Jill won. Goes to Harry Potter. What? Yeah. Well, Jill would go to Harry Potter trivia. Yeah. Jill, that's so her we jam. won, and I even contributed. And Beck said she didn't really, but she did. I'd say we all we all contributed appropriately. Oh, Beck. It was good. Either way, we yeah. both want a beer, and neither of us are drinking right now. So some lucky Perfect. winner gets a beer. Yeah. <laughs> All Perfect. right. Anywhom, back to the German immigrants. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bex. <laughs> Different <laughs> ones. Uh, so the German immigrants in Pennsylvania, who reportedly brought over their traditions of egg laying. Uh, okay. If, sorry, I'm backwards here. <laughs> Uh, brought over their tradition of an egg-laying hare name. Oh, shit. Okay, hold on one second. I have to Google this one, too. Well, I don't have to Google it. I already got it ready to go. Okay, it's called Osterhazen. Okay. Do Love you want to hear it? Here. I'll put a little treat on for you guys. <laughs> it's like a super German man. Osterhazen. Oh, oh. That's the tradition. Okay. Now I've lost my space once again. Anyways, that's the last <laughs> word that I Googled, so I'll trip along the next one. Uh, okay. A hair named Osterhausen or Osterhaus from the old country, a.k.a. Germany. Legend has it the rabbit would lay colorful eggs as gifts to children who were good. So kids would make nests, which the bunny could leave the eggs or leave his eggs. It's just hilarious that the bunny's a man. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It's okay. like a seahorse. <laughs> yeah, what? hey. And even sometimes set out carrots in case the hare got hungry, which is very sweet. That's cute. I also uh, appreciate yeah. that it's like a. Just, I mean, I'm we're assuming it's like a cis male rabbit. It could have been. It could be a trans rabbit. Trans, yeah. yeah. I don't. But, I don't know how those buns work. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of it being a cis male rabbit because I've always wanted. Junior, <laughs> Junior, <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he has he has the baby because I'm just like I'm not fucking doing that. It sounds horrible. I mean, really, yeah. Yeah, we've we talked. Switch places on this one. <laughs> yeah, for, for real. I'm not doing it. <laughs> There's a a movie on Amazon or a movie a series on Amazon Prime called Upload. Okay. Um, it's fabulous. I love it. It's just fun. But anyways, they're they're in this like automated. Th- fake world where they've been uploaded into like the internet essentially and they're living as like kind of like sims okay but with their own autonomy like no one's control well in theory no one's controlling them um anyways and then they go to have like this digital baby and they're like okay so which one of you will be carrying this baby and she goes absolutely not me or something like that (laughs) pass it on (laughs) over to him yeah i was like that's fucking i i was like that's the one part of the show i resonate with 
totally. I bet a lot of women are like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> if only. If fucking only. But hey, if, here we are. Sorry. We, no, I'm, just, I'm not doing it. So someone's going to yeah. pick up the slack eventually. Yeah. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. Nah, he did Like the idea of even just having a, a little one running around screeching is equally as mortifying as bearing one. So, and we're both on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> Okay. Eventually, the custom spread across America until it was widespread Easter tradition. Mm-hmm. Over time, the fabled bunny's delivery expanded from just eggs to include other treats such as chocolates and toys. Easter baskets have only gotten more and more elaborate over the years, as one trip to the store this year will tell you. Um, yes. But yeah, like, <laughs> holy crap. It, there's a lot of crap out there. And I have yeah. to like put blinders on. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Cause I don't actually want the candy. It's just, I feel like I want it until I'm eating it. And I'm like, Oh, I hate this, but I gotta finish it. It's too, yeah, but no, it's like, it's just too expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very expensive. And there's that. <laughs> All right. So why does the Easter bunny bring eggs? Since rabbits are mammals and give birth to live young, it might seem the ooh, it might seem like the case of mistaken biology to say the Easter Bunny lays eggs on holiday. Yeah, for real. adding another miracle to the festivities, perhaps. The answer may lie in combining iconography. Eggs, just like the rabbit, have been long considered as an ancient symbol of fertility, rebirth, mm. and new life, all associated with a springtime celebration of Easter. Here's the thing. Why are we having kids? Why are we having little kids running around celebrating fertility? I know <laughs> that's and ultimately that's what it is because I'm going to get into the next part of the series. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's kind of because uh, I never even put those two things together at all. No. Like, like, oh yeah, no, it's just a bunny. I never actually, I've never ever questioned it until we until I looked this up. <laughs> At 30, almost 32 years old, I never questioned the Easter Bunny and its whole culture attached to it. <laughs> but listen, I, I mean, I, we weren't brought up in religious households, A. B, did you question the Tooth Fairy? I don't know. <laughs> Until I was like a teenager. And like, no, but I mean, like, I would even, clue in. Even, no, no, no. But I mean, even to this day, like, I mean, clearly, please, if you have children, spoiler alert, cover their ears. <sighs> But, like, clearly we are aware that the Easter Bunny is a fictional character, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'm not, no, I'm not exactly. saying that. Yeah, totally. I just mean, I mean like, just, like, the root of it all. That's what I mean. So we, yeah. you never thought to question the root of the Easter Bunny. And I said, well, seriously, though, we never questioned the root of the Tooth Fairy. And that's even yeah. fucking weirder. Yeah, I'm going to look into that one later. Because yeah. <laughs> now that we're on the topic, I'm like, yeah. Because oh. I knew Santa Claus. I feel like that one's big enough, or I guess most importantest. Um, or maybe just like even if you're like lightly touching on religion as a person like that's the one that you know about but yeah aside from that i don't freaking know where any of this comes from so it's yeah yeah shall we dive into what easter really means to some people yeah let's go all right so this is from theculturetrip.com not wiki mm-hmm. wiki. I know. No. It's, wild. it's wild. It's really wild. This is an Easter miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Christmas miracle. It's an Easter miracle. <laughs> it's an Easter miracle, Charlie Brown. Easter miracle. 
hell. Easter may have started out as a sex ritual, and here's <coughs> why. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it already. Which I did learn at trivia last year on Easter, but I oh, forgot okay. until I started Googling. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know about this. Brit. I told you it's in my back pocket, but it was far back. It was deep. <laughs> deep. Uh, it's deep in the back pocket. It's yeah. <laughs> You're like, it, it was too far back there, and I have short arms. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's true. It's all, it's all correct. <laughs> Did you ever wonder what eggs have to do with Easter? Where did the idea from the Easter Bunny come from anyway? Perhaps you never stopped to think about what eggs and Easter Bunny have to do with each other. After all, rabbits don't even lay eggs. It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Decorating eggs, passing them out as gifts, hunting for them, paying homage to this strange rabbit. What does any of this have to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? (laughs) It's true, right? We just literally went over that. What zombie bunny Jesus. Zombie yeah. Jesus bunny? I mean, that's really the only logical thing I had until today. What do you call <laughs> what do you call a zombie that uh, doesn't like jokes? Oh no. Deadpan. Dead serious. Oh no, dead serious. <laughs> I guess deadpan you would no, well, maybe. Deadpan dead is serious fine. is way better though. <laughs> dead serious is good. Deadpan is it, good. Yeah, I like Dead Serious. That's pretty sweet. Um, I think I've said this on the podcast before, too, but uh, what's invisible and smells like carrots? Oh, no. Uh, I think I think you have gone over this one. I don't I can't remember. <laughs> Buddy farts. Buddy farts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, that's a fart I could get behind. Yeah, right. I'm not going to waft it, but, you know, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> get hit with a face full of carrot dust oh yeah i'd be less mad from like dylan <laughs> farting at me <laughs> yes oh god yep. oh, a farting reality all right well what does this have to all this bun and egg stuff have to do with jesus yeah, the I short don't know. answer is nothing <laughs> yeah. it all goes back to an ancient pagan tradition Easter first started out as a celebration of the spring equinox, a time when all nature's awakened from the slumber of winter and the cycle of renewal begins. Anglo-Saxon pagans celebrated this time of rebirth by invoking... Oh, fuck. I... Oh, hold on. I need to get back to my pronunciation thing. That's okay. Oh, I forgot already. Because it's a weird one. Yoister. 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 All right. And pop back here. Mm-hmm. The rebirth by invoking Oyster or Oystra, the goddess of spring, the dawn, and fertility. Mm-hmm. Particularly in ancient times, fertility was singular import was uh, was of singular importance to ensure the survival of species or group of people. After all, if you didn't get get it on, there'd be no future generations. To celebrate nature's rebirth, the ancients would have hold festivals in April to honor the goddess, which most likely included lavish sex rituals and even (laughs) full-on orgies. Nice. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ancient tribal people who uh, were no stranger to sex rituals, worshippers of Dionysus, the Greek god of wine, fertility, and madness would hold mm-hmm. orgies in order to celebrate and evoke the ecstatic state of the son of Zeus. Ultimately, in ancient traditions, sex didn't have the same shameful taboos as it does today, which 
I don't. I think that's an untrue statement. I don't think it's super taboo-y. I think it's getting a lot better. But maybe I just surround myself with really open-minded people. <laughs> like what? Like orgies and. Uh yeah, the the ancient tradition sex didn't have the same shameful taboos as it does today. Oh yeah, that's. I bet you you just look at where your notes what your your notes were written in because like. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess so too, it's a generational thing. Cause like to you and I, I wouldn't suggest our friends are open-minded. Uh, they, they're just normal. Yeah. No, it's not it's a big like, deal. I don't know yeah. if you do this and you want to let me know, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, that's also how you create context safe... of course, but yeah. yeah, it's also how you create safe environments by having conversations like that. So you know what's appropriate. Well, like what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, and totally. consent and boundaries and, or just fucking learning yourself. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, people, all sorts of people are different. Totally. All sorts of different situations going on. Yeah. So. Hey, Great don't bother time. me none. I don't nope. care. Fly at or orge away. Yeah. Orge, orge away. away. I won't do it because I'm shy and I don't want to. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to do it, orge away. Orge away. <laughs> But what does all this have to do with eggs and the Easter Bunny and Christ's resurrection from the dead? I'm gonna say, maybe, is it like a, a, a? Okay, just hold on. <laughs> My friend showed me this dildo one time that you would use this like edible material to make like gelatin eggs, and you would you it would like, mm. yeah, you like know where a I'm dragon going. Thing? Yeah, like an like a alien tentacle dildo sex toy. My and cousin's ex was like into that, that whole world. That whole so thing. I have like a weird handful of knowledge on this mm-hmm. situation. Well, I shouldn't say weird. I just yeah, it's not my jam. So yeah. Well, like my my friend that showed it to me, it wasn't their situation either. But they were just like, look at this, and I was like, okay. Yeah. I, and it's one of those things where you start to learn about it, and you can't really look away from it. You're like, this is no, exactly. It's just very happens. very interesting. Exactly. So is that where the egg connection is? <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Or is it? Is it um, it's not. It's not Jellos. But Gwyneth Paltrow, a goop oh, time the, traveler her with egg. her jade fucking egg. Oh man, yeah, no, that's a strong puss, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like holy. <laughs> oh my god. Man, I. Yeah. The fucking tall blonde ladies, man. Is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I just like Easter bunny eggs. They're simple, even though they hurt my teeth. Oh, the longevity will hurt my teeth. <laughs> ah, it's just a bit of chocolate. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little bit of chocolate. Just brush your teeth after. <laughs> For that answer, Christ's resurrection, um, you have to look at how the Christian. You have to have to look at how Christianity spread across the world and submit. Ooh. Susmist, 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 susmist. <laughs> Pagan rituals. Christianity slowly began its transition into the popular religion in Rome, and thus around the world, under the Emperor Constantine. Uh, Constantine converted from pagan paganism to Christianity mm-hmm. in uh, three one two A.D. That's a long time ago, and finally brought the end to persecution of christians before that time the majority of romans were pagan and held fast to their old traditions teachings and rituals constantine the great as well as roman leader or leaders after him knew it would 
uh, be a challenge to get everyone to convert to Christianity overnight. Mm-hmm. Instead of eliminating the spring equinox pagan celebrations altogether, Roman rulers slowly converted them into Christian r- rituals. Christians rapid spread across the Western world eventually uh, enveloped ancient Celtic pagan traditions to include the rituals of oh S3 <laughs> fuck not again man it, in my dreams tonight I'm just going to be repeating this word Yoster. Yoster. nice God, it's just because it starts with an E it messes me up Christ- Christianity just like envelops and colonizes and oh yeah absolutely everything and it's like nope you're doing it wrong and by the way how do i know like who decided that one yeah i feel like there's no answer for that it's just it's happened so yeah um including the rituals of yoster uh by 391 ad the worship of any gods outside the outside of the God of Abraham was made illegal in Rome. Oh, Oof. Off. I know. <laughs> like, but um, don't you have other better shit to do? Like build stuff out of stone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I'm not talking but, slavery, yeah. like all those, all those like weird, wealthy, Royal era, Roman jackasses could get down there and do some yeah, fucking go build um, a gladiator pit or something. Like, yeah, literally I'll figure it out. <laughs> Jesus' rebirth took took the place symbolically of nature's rebirth during the spring season. The celebration of fertility and vaccinity. Whoa, what's that? Um, F E C U N D I T Y. Cool. Um, Yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, no. What have I done? Uh, Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Everyone's texting me again. Anyways, <laughs> was replaced with the subtle and concise symbol of the egg and the hair became the Easter bunny because, well, rabbits reproduce quickly and in large numbers. Okay. Ever heard of the term they fuck like rabbits? <laughs> oh, awesome. and they take a wild guess at um, what... Yoster's sacred animal symbol is. That's right. The hair. Ooh. So in an eggshell, the ancient Christians kind of stole the pagan celebration of Yoster. Oh, Look, at, I know it now. <laughs> fucking everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're just rolling through. Hey. <laughs> um, celebration of Yoster and the spring equinox by adapting these ancient rituals into the Christian tradition the story of Christ's resurrection became embedded in the cultural consciousness through storytelling and symbolism. Uh, Just remember, when you're decorating eggs at the kitchen table with your children or crowding around the Easter Bunny's lap at the mall, you're actually paying homage to the ancient pagan rituals of the past. Just so you know. And that's that. So, yeah, it was all based around pagan stuff it is like you know it's kind of nice of them to do just be like okay this is kind of cool so we'll, we'll throw that in there too but it's just <laughs> really weird <laughs> i don't know there's it just ugh, there's no like positive way of going about it no i don't know man no. either way now and you like, know 
We're still you... we're also talking about a, a religion that worships a zombie too. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> In my mind, there's no right or wrong as long as you're happy, you're not hurting fucking, children yeah, or animals. Up. Yeah, just be. Just be a good person of society. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a stretch for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but hey, we're here. Let's make the best of it. Yeah. Let's um disregard all that information I just told you and just focus on rabbits and Easter eggs because that's yeah. way cool and less stressful. Yeah, and like <laughs> the incredible miracle that is a uh, egg-laying bunny. Male, yeah, male, cis male, egg laying bunny. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I cool. Think. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a that that's a hop. That's a hop. Now, yeah, now you guys all know what, what the deal with the bun bun is, the Easter bun. Okay, so for my part, it's, it's kind of it's basically crime late, but. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go. <laughs> we'll just to, get into it. And it's not yeah. wicked. <laughs> we're going to go to Fairfax County, which is uh, a county in Virginia. So Fairfax County, officially the county of Fairfax, is located in the Commonwealth of Virginia in the United States of America. America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of Northern Virginia, Fairfax County borders both the city of Alexandria and Arlington County and forms part of the suburban ring of Washington, D.C. It's really counties are weird to me because we don't have them. So I'm like, OK, yeah. but also a fun it's fact, a uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp's defamation lawsuit starts in Fairfax. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Wow. Seems like a random place, but yeah. hey. so that's that's happening. That's happening. That was just updated as of April 12th. Oh, yesterday. fresh, fresh off the press. Fresh, yeah, fresh, I kind fresh, of, um, it's, that's been going on a while. Yeah. I forgot about it. 50 million defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Ooh, 50 downtown Fairfax. I don't know enough about that to comment on it. I, yeah, no, same here. I, wow. <laughs> domestic abuse is never okay. And lying about domestic abuse is never okay. And I don't know who is accurate and who isn't accurate and, because I don't have that information, I can't speak on it. Yeah. Don't so email Jill your, your thoughts. Don't even just leave it. Yeah, just don't. Just leave yeah, it. I feel like that's a really a deep dive yeah. of uh, information. But hey. So because we're in Fairfax, I should just go on and tell you why. <laughs> it's not Johnny Depp. <laughs> not Johnny Depp. So in Fairfax, there's a funky little bridge called the Bunny Man Bridge. Ever heard of it? Oh, and, I might have heard of it. Yeah, it is a overpass that like a train train tracks run over and it's like a little tunnel. It's white. It's kind of fucking normal looking. <laughs> it, it just looks regular. It looks, it looks, it looks like it's doing its job. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's a good structure. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. And considering a huge fucking train goes over it every couple of days or whatever, I, it seems like it's doing just fine. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. We like that. Yeah. So the legend around the bunny man has been in our pop culture for years and years and years and years and years. And what the fuck is it? So legend has it at the stroke of midnight on Halloween, a killer in a white rabbit suit awaits. 
Lore, <gasps> yeah, lore has it if you speak his name three times, he'll appear. Bunny man, oh, no. bunny man, bunny man, bunny man, and Bloody Mary. Yeah, what a so, night. There's some crossovers. <laughs> Anyways, so there's a bunch of different things around this particular um, uh, urban legend, but I found a really cool article, and I'm gonna read from it because I think he did a really good job. It's from uh, he's an archivist, I think. Okay. Um, anyways, his name is Brian A. Connolly. I say historian archivist. There you go. And um, he essentially did a deep dive on this bad boy because while he was working, he'd have people come in because I guess like that specific bridge is a huge tourist or pre-COVID was a mm-hmm. huge tourist attraction because people people love this shit. Like, I oh, mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. So. They'd come in, they'd be like, is it true? And he basically, uh, there's a quote from uh, another article where he was like, I just got sick and tired of saying, I don't know. <laughs> Fair <laughs> like, good enough, job. though. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so the this is an article called The Bunny Man Unmasked, The Real Life Origins of an Urban Legend. So quick, quick little intro here. So there's a story about a man dressed as a bunny that haunts a residential neighborhood around our nation's capital. Silly as this may sound at first, the bunny man has been a fixture of local legend for at least 30 years. By 1973, the so-called bunny man had been reported in Maryland and the District of Columbia. His infrequent and widespread appearances tended to occur in sked- sorry, secluded locations and usually tell of a figure clad in a white bunny suit armed with an axe threat being children or vandalizing property. Also, I will add that he wasn't necessarily wearing a bunny suit, but he was wearing a white outfit. Okay. Yeah. So it's like incognito bunny man. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the insinuating bunny the bunny. Yeah. So spooky. So by the 1980s, the bunny man had become an even more sinister figure with several gruesome murders to his credit. Although he has been reported as a far south, as far south as Culpeper, Virginia. This main haunt has been the area surrounding a railroad overpass near Fairfax Station, Virginia, frequented by party goers and now called the infamous bunny man bridge. I don't want to party there. Well, <laughs> apparently in Halloween, all the cops hang out there because they're just like, get out of here, you dang kids. Yeah, well, <laughs> I probably they're like, I just don't want anyone to fall off this thing. Okay. I, it doesn't look that tall. <laughs> no, it's a little tiny. I don't know. It does look spooky to me, though, but I'm it's, a bit of a baby, so. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't go. I think if you fell, you could give yourself a pretty good fracture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know anyways. about those. <laughs> yes. Fucking trampoline. <laughs> So, what is the legend of this? I, I just I can't get over it. like the bunny man. It's like calm down, okay? <laughs> yeah, went from a egg laying rabbit to a full size man in a rabbit suit. Yeah. <laughs> like what is this a yeah, Nicholas Cage all over movie? The map here. It, it, it is. This is yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I got a I got a guest on today at the end. It's Nick Cage. No, no would that be cool though? Why isn't he starring in this movie? Not our podcast, but yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Our podcast, too. (laughs) I'm done with both. (laughs) Next time. So, next time. Somebody at him for us. Yeah, thanks. uh, We're on a first-name basis. We call him Nick. Yeah. (laughs) We we call him NC. Yeah. Yo, NC. My bro, NC. What's up? (laughs) Someone's got to know him. Yeah. 
For more than 25 years, stories of the bunny man have been kept alive primarily amongst our teenage population. Over the years, the story has evolved into a ghost story suitable for parties, campouts, and any occasion that such tales can be exchanged. It was at one such gathering in 1976 that the author first was told, so the author of this article was first told it. The bunny man was said to be responsible for the deaths of two disobedient children in the Clifton oh, area. Fucking disobedient classic. kids. <laughs> classic brats. Yeah, oh. let me let me guess. They didn't wash their feet for their Christian parents or something. I don't know. Oh no. The worst. I think is that Catholic, not Christian? I think that's Catholic. Whatever. Oh, I don't know that one. Good yeah. day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm just rapidly, wildly misquoting shit. Just over here making shit up. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? Blame it on Scientology. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, we haven't wrapped them in yet. <laughs> it all comes back to Tom Cruise. Weird <laughs> teeth. <laughs> oh, that's so small. Yeah, he's such a little clamlin. So excited and dead behind <laughs> the eyes. Oh, God. Um. Oh my God. There's a quote from I think it's Christian Bale on like his character for um. Oh my God! What is that movie where he has the card and he was like, it's like Bone, uh, American Beauty, American Psycho, American Psycho, American Psycho. Who is that one again? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, he's <laughs> yeah with his uh yeah yeah his card his business there's a, card. The there's a yeah there's a, a quote from Christian Bale where they asked him whose inspiration was for that character and he was like. I saw an interview with Tom Cruise where he was like so excited and he was like manic, but he was like behind his mania, his like physical mania. He's like, his eyes were just dead. <laughs> hey, that worked. Cause that scene, I know I just said that. I don't know what to talk about, but I do. I yeah. can't see you. That seems insane. It's kind of yeah. weird that that went over my head. Anyway, that, seems, that scene is like one of the scenes of that movie. Yeah. But I did come at you from like, a full, complete dip, like 360. I was like, hey, Bunny Man, wait a minute, Christian Bale, what's that That's movie? That's true. My, my brain was off track. It's like, hold on. It's yeah. not expecting this one. <laughs> I was connecting red string where there was no red string. But anyways. Okay. <laughs> there is now. I digress. We'll <laughs> so, disobedient children in the Clifton area. Others were rumored to have disappeared. There was talk of animals being found around horribly mutilated. I've, this is the author, I never saw the bunny man himself, and I also never stayed in the woods at night, especially not near the bridge. Fuck so no. He's, yeah, he's kind of like you and I. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even go near that bridge, honestly, not even in daylight. I'd fuck with it now, but back then, probably not. I'd stay at home. <laughs> I'd stay in a hotel. <laughs> hotel with my adult money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big kid. I'm a big kid. I just have a fridge full of groceries, and that makes me feel just great. Oh, yeah, I love that feeling, too. Good feeling. Good and then one. you start to eat them and you're sad. <laughs> Gotta go get more. Oh. Uh, most childhood ghost stories are forgotten as one gets older. However, the bunny man followed me. After graduating from college, I accepted a position with the Fairfax County Public Library, eventually becoming an information specialist in the Virginia room. One day, around 92, a very well-spoken young lady came into the... I don't know why you have to fucking say that, but sick. Came into the Virginia room with a question. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, which, no, she's a hillbilly. So yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> thank you for letting, just, good. She she talked good. She talked good. So we take her seriously. 
like 92. Get out of here. As I interviewed the patron to ascertain what hard facts she had to go on. Oh, did I miss a line? I totally did. Okay. She wanted to know how she could find information on a murder that was supposed to have taken place near her home. As I interviewed the patron to ascertain what hard facts she had to go on, some vague memory nagged at me. Two children were allegedly murdered by a local hermit for trespassing and their body. It's not funny. And their bodies from... (laughs) We're left hanging from the covered bridge. <clears throat> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's just a light child hanging. It's Oh my god. Yeah. Local hermit. Hermit. Oh man. She had no names and only one vague idea of the time frame. The whole story seemed a little fantastic. But the thing that really bothered her was the guy was supposed to be an escaped inmate dressed in a bunny suit. Nick Cage. Yeah. Nicholas K. Sorry. (laughs) At this point, even though the story had evolved a bit, I realized the tale from my own youth. We were unable to confirm any of the elements of the story as she or I had first heard it. And I put it down in my mind as a story fabricated to scare children. I likely would have forgotten about the bunny man again if the questions didn't begin coming in on a regular basis. The bunny man had actually become become appearing in print in recent years, having been mentioned in several high school newspapers and more recently on the internet. Probably fucking creepypasta, right? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) For real. Definitely CP. The various internet versions have carried in this have carried the story to new heights. The most wild, widely circulated written version entitled The Clifton Bunny Man and signed by Timothy C. Forbes, Virginia, was posted oh. on a website called Castle of Spirits around 1992. This version of the tale is actually quite notable because of the number of specific facts given. Forbes claims that in 1904... This is the best. <laughs> Forbes claims... Forbes. Fucking Forbes. 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 But just like... Just, like, listen to this information. <laughs> Just Forbes claims that in 1904, inmates from an insane asylum escaped while being transferred to Lorton Prison. Um, uh-huh. Just a little little background here. Apparently, there was an insane asylum in Fairview or around that area that was too close to a new suburban area. So all the rich white people got mad and said, get the fuck out. This has been going on for a long time. Huh. <laughs> well, that is normal. <laughs> sure. But huh. they're like, in 1904, they were like, okay, we're going to close down this asylum, put all these legit ill people, not okay. convicts, ill people, on a bus to a prison. Oh, Do you think they had that. buses in 1904? No, it's a freaking horse and buggy. Let's start there. there. <laughs> oh. So, anyways. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we have evolved to buses, I guess. I don't Forbes. know. Awkward. <laughs> One of these escapees was Douglas J. Grifton. I even like how it's Grifton, like Grifter. Like, come on, be more original. <laughs> <laughs> Murdered fellow escapee Marcus Walster and eventually became the Bunny Man. Not only is the location identified, but the names of several victims and the dates of their murders were also mentioned. The story ends with the challenge for the reader to check with the Clifton Town Library for verifications of the facts. (laughs) Little effort to show that all the specifics given in the Forbes version are false. Aw, come on, Forbos. Like, anyways. 
They fact check how we fact check. Oh, God. <laughs> the first, yeah, no. first, there has never been an asylum. Are you hearing this? First, there's never been an asylum for the insane in Fairfax County. So what was it before? Nothing. It didn't exist. Oh. Oh. <laughs> second. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Second. Okay. Remember 1904. So second yes. Lorton prison didn't come into existence until 1910. Well, Yo. All the crazy, uh, people run around. Everyone's running around for six years. There we go. They stumbled upon the jail. Yeah. They're just floating. <laughs> Like what's that? What's that old show? Um, like uh, was it an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode where they found like a time warp and they got they got stuck in this like time bubble in this scary guy's backyard? That's what happened. Oh, that definitely sounds like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sitch. Yeah, totally believable for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then back, the guy's dog, the rocket. Anyways, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's a thing. And uh, yes, going to find where I was. There was no asylum. Lorton Prison wasn't open until 1910. And even then, it was an arm of the District of Columbia Correction System, not Virginia's. So I'm not really sure. I think that means maybe they can't transfer over the line. That makes sense. Perhaps. Huh. Yeah, I think each state probably has different stuff going on every america's crazy it's weird okay yeah i mean i think even in province there's still some like different rules but probably know, i've never been i've never had to learn that i should no, probably, me neither <laughs> yeah, i should probably learn that though on online not in real life <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't want to go get in trouble somewhere else nah i'm good okay i'm good okay okay uh, where was I? Didn't go across the state line. Third, neither Grifton nor Walster appear in the court records of Fairfax County. Lastly, oh. <laughs> there is not, and there has never been a Clifton town library. So like even the writer of this article, uh, what's his face? Where did he go? Timothy. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm making fun of it. His last name is Forbes. Fuck me. I'm stupid. So it wasn't actually oh, published. I was okay. thinking the magazine. That's what I thought too. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I totally missed that at the top of the... So did... I was thing. reading it. <laughs> Not only have I already read this, I was reading it out loud, and I just Th- dumbed things it. Things change when you read out loud. <laughs> just need to hit myself in the face. Okay. So, yeah, because at the end of his article, he's like, Clifton Town Library to verify your facts. And this bro's like, no, you're a dum-dum. Like... It, does, it doesn't have to exist. Yeah. Okay. Wow, these are like wildly made up stories. <laughs> this is like getting is, your information off Facebook. This might be like a little out to lunch. Yeah. Oh. Get your story straight. <laughs> the story also oh, well. received wide recognition after being featured on national television, of course, because everyone just escalated it to the highest oh, yeah. possible alert. Definitely. Why wouldn't you? Man, could you imagine if we got an emergency alerts on our phone right now about the bunny man? Fuck no, dude. Not into it. Someone just got scared and just hit the go button, hit the panic button. It has to be a thing. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm just, I just don't have time for that kind of stuff, you know? (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm good. I don't got time for this. (laughs) 
So it was featured on national television. The program called Scariest Places on Earth broadcast on the Fox Family Channel included a little segment called oh, Terror Fox on... Family Channel? <laughs> yeah, because kids need to have that fucking right-wing propaganda. Yeah. They need to know. You know? They need to know. They need to know. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I guess I did watch America's Most Wanted as a kid, so... Oh, no. You had Who to watch to talk? That. You had to watch that. It really scared How... the crap out of me. Well, we had to okay. know. Yeah. 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 Fox Kids I... for the win. Yeah. yeah. Fox Kids. Anyways, the show was called Terror on Bunny Man's Bridge in the 2001 broadcast season. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. What the f- is this their Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, right. that came on was right it, before it. Was it Sunday cartoons or Saturday night, late night? After Scooby-Doo. For the teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Even though these fictional tales of spectacular crimes are easy to dismiss as fiction, the question of the story's origin is not. Was the Bunny Man real? At first, I was content to dismiss the bunny man as completely fictitious. However, I have learned that many legends do have some basis in factual events. At the urging of a fellow employee, I finally began a more serious search for the bunny man. I began with a few basic assumptions. First, although the tale is told in jurisdictions all around Washington, D.C. area, the bulk of them take place in Fairfax County. However, second or no, wait, I just made up a word. Second, any event that gains as much notoriety as this one must have been originally reported to the public. Third, the original event was probably criminal in nature. I also want to add, because I didn't um, say this earlier, but the reason there there was an evolution where it became a bunny suit, but the reason why he was called the bunny man was because when Grifton was escaped and hiding in the forest near the bridge, he was apparently killing rabbits and eating them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They were finding dead bunnies around. And I think there's also a he like strung them up from the bridge. Oh man. That sucks. (laughs) It's like Like I get it, a man's gotta eat, but like can you not string it across the bridge? It's it's not even that. It's just like it's a bunch of people that are like, Oh well you think that's scary, how about this? And they just keep like one (laughs) one upping each other. Yeah, and until it's the bunny man and it's like out of control. Yeah, literally. That's what's happening here. It's and it's on Fox Kids <laughs> Sunday morning cartoon. The game of telephone, and then Fox Kids was like, "Let's do it. Let's pick this up. This sounds yeah. it's a great pitch. <laughs> it's old, I tell you." Yeah. Oh my god. So, was the Bunny Man actually a murderer? The aspects of the story which gets the most attention are the alleged murders. I mean, obviously, two unnamed children hanging from a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned yeah. about that one. <laughs> That's a little fucked. I'm gonna say that out loud. That's not into that. (laughs) Bad move. It's a bad move. Not Mm -hmm. a good time. Absolutely not. Uh, Okay. Researching historical crimes can be very difficult unless you have some basic facts to begin with. Since police records are not available for casual review, and which is, could you imagine? It's just like a couple casual Sunday paper reading. Just going to go report records. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, court records are indexed by names of those involved, not by location or type of crime. I had to begin by checking the local newspapers. The tool that proved to be most valuable was the Fairfax County Public Library Historical Newspaper Index, which makes me think of like the old timey thing where you press the button. Like on the ring. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Cool. Uh, 
Virginia Room volunteers Malcolm Richardson and Barbara Welch worked for 10 years to compile a complete index to local Fairfax County newspapers. The careful work of these two combined with the researching combined with the searching capabilities of a computer database allowed us to extract every murder and every killing reported by the local press from 1872 through 1973. Even though Fairfax County was a rural farming community until well into the 20th century, there were over 550 individual mentions of killing in the study period. Eliminating run-of-the-mill domestic murder... What? That's not run-of-the-mill. Domestic murders... (laughs) Concentrating on multiple murders and those involving children, right which the um, mill. <laughs> yeah, both of which were merciful, mercifully rare. I can't merc- mercifully rare, mercifully oh. rare. Served to pare down a list of more than 500 possible events following to the or sorry to the following three. So like they took away everything. It had to be like something that fit more of the mo. It couldn't have been like, yeah. Like they could, it couldn't be domestic. It couldn't be anything outside of the random murder near bridge forest area. Cause like they they do have locations, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Francis and June Holober, February 1949. It would be hard to imagine a more disturbing event for a growing community like Fairfax than the gruesome murder of 37 year old Francis Hol- Holober. I'm probably killing that. Not in a good way. And his eight-month-old daughter, June. On Thursday, February 24th, 1949, Miss Holliver and her daughter drove to Fairfax County in the company of her estranged husband, Charles. All the residents of the district of... All... Sorry. All were residents of the District of Columbia. Charles Holliver later told police that they had come to see a new lodge at a nudist colony to which Mr. belonged. Like, I'm not laughing at that. I just like the details. That's no, that's it's a good detail. It really paints a picture. Yeah. Upon leaving the lodge, the car became mirrored, 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 mirrored in some mud. The couple quarreled and Mrs. Holliver took the child and walked away from her husband and never returned. I think it means stuck in some mud. Charles Holliver spent the night in the car and got a ride back to Washington the next day. He returned with his brother-in-law and a friend to retrieve the car, still finding no evidence of his family. The police were finally notified. An intensive search of the area was organized involving Fairfax County Police, Washington detectives, and the Boy Scouts. Oh, not the Boy Scouts. Not the Boy Scouts. Troopers. The big guns. Way also, to go, like, guys. I'm like, why did you let your wife and daughter leave in the night... I guess you can't stop a person from doing something unless he killed them, which is also whatever. Yeah. That's okay. Thing. About 5 p.m., just as the searchers were about to give up for the night, one of the detectives noticed that the ground on which they were standing was very soft. Both mother and daughter were found in a shallow grave next to the lodge in less than 200 yards away from where Charles Holliver's car had been stuck. Francis Holliver had been beaten and then shot once in the head and once in the heart. The baby girl had been buried alive. Oh. That's really fucked up. No. Hate that. (laughs) Yeah. The local community was shocked and horrified by the cold, brutal character of the crime, especially when the investigation identified Charles Holliver as the prime suspect. Well, I mean, she was shot in the heart. That sounds a little... uh. Mm, Yeah. 
Holober later confessed to the investigators that he had planned the murder for about three weeks and had not intended to report the disappearance of his wife, but changed his plans when his car got stuck in the mud. Oh my God. Good fucking job, bro. <laughs> Such a narcissist. I Screw care about up your me. own thing. Yeah. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> the case, like, I just, ugh, okay. The case came to trial on January 16, 1950. After hearing a four-day testimony, the jury returned a verdict of guilty, and Holabear was sentenced to die in the electric chair. Sorry, not upset for you, Yeah, you stuck in the mud dweeb. Uh, Holabear's attorney, T. Brooke Howard, filed an appeal alleging that the jury failed to give proper consideration to the plea of insanity and that the court had made some errors in its instruction to the jury. The Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals eventually overturned the conviction and ordered a new trial. Charles Francis Holabear was recommitted to the Western State Mental Hospital at Marion, Virginia, where he was judged to be insane. Don't really agree with that, but I also don't have any more facts, so there you go. Well, you are insane, but... Yeah, not that. Not criminally. It's just dumb. It is interesting to note that this was the first time since the Ridgeway murder trial of 1927 in which Fairfax County jury invoked the death penalty. So, wow. yeah. Mm. So number two, Minnie Loretta and Catherine Ridgeway, March 1927. The available newspapers record many murders, but few shocked Fairfax like the ferocious and senseless attack on Miss Minnie Ridgway and her two young daughters. Miss Ridgway lived with her husband and three children on Telegraph Road in Alexandria. Sometime on the morning of March 4th, 1927, a man later identified as Louis uh, Borzig called at the home on the pretext of seeing Mr. Ridgway. Upon finding that he was not home, Borzig, Borzig, attacked and beat Minnie Ridgway into unconsciousness, then likewise bludgeoned her daughters, Loretta, seven, and Catherine, five. He then stole money from the home and fled. The crime was discovered by a neighbor who had heard moans coming from inside the house. All three victims were taken to the Alexandria Hospital, where Loretta later died. Catherine Ridgway lived another eight days before succumbing to her injuries. Minnie recovered and was able to identify the assailant, who was known to to the Ridgways. Borzig was arrested at his home and transferred to the jail in Wisconsin, in Winchester, sorry, for his safety. Winchester. Let's go to the Winchester. Louis Borzig was executed for the murders of Loretta and Catherine Ridgway on July 7th, 1927. Oh, that's my birthday. I wasn't alive yet, though. Yeah. Nice. Yay. Just just three months after his horrific crime. You know what? Again, like. I feel bad. Like Minnie sur- survived, her kids died. Like that's yeah, that's terrible. and to live on with yeah. that oh burden. But at yeah, least she could identify him. That's yeah, fantastic. yeah. <clears throat> There's some good that came out of it, I guess. Okay, now the third one, because remember we he was able to narrow it down to three that were more factual. Mm-hmm. Eva Roy, August 1918. Peter Roy was a Danish immigrant who had come to Fairfax from Minnesota in 1912. In November of that year, he purchased two parcels of land near the current intersection of Old Keen Mill Road and uh, Sidenstricker Striker oh. Road. Sidenstricker Road? That road. The S. <laughs> the Y. The S. Totaling 180 acres. Roy, a widower, became a prosperous farmer and had an act and was an active member of the Lee Chapel Methodist Church. Good 
fucking job. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> With him, I was listening to Red Handed today, and they were like, mm-hmm. they were like, if you could make a deal with the devil, would you do it? And they're both like, absolutely. What are you going to give me? I'm going to get so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. I was like, why are you running right. into that church? You could, you could be fine. You could be living high. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with him resided his eldest daughter, Caroline, her husband, William K. German, and his younger daughter, Eva. On the morning of August 4th, 1918, Eva Roy, age 14, left her home near Burke at around 9 a.m. to tend to her father's small herd of cows. When Eva failed to return home that evening, her father began to search. Neighbors were soon enlisted to help. And then some 24 hours later, her body was discovered tied to a tree in the woods near the old Hans house. Her apron strings tight around her throat. The county coroner, Dr. W.I. Robbie, concluded that the girl had been brutally assaulted before being strangled to death. Oh, baby. A coroner's July, sorry, a coroner's jury was appointed and quickly concluded. We, the jury, find that Eva Roy had come to her death at the hands of some unknown person, and the indications point to Lou Hall as the probable perpetrator of the crime. Hall, a 33-year-old woodcutter, lived about a half mile from the scene of the crime and was seen in the woods at the time of the girl's disappearance. The case was not to be easily solved, however, as other suspects were soon identified and eventually eliminated. The first was William Wooster, age 16, was soon arrested for assaulting a colored girl. Ugh. A beautiful human of color. He had recently been released from an insane asylum but was found that he was nowhere near the scene of Eva's murder. The next suspect to emerge was a soldier who deserted from Camp A, uh, from, sorry, from Camp A.A. Humphreys, now Fort Belvoir. The soldier was a sergeant whom the papers failed to name, was located some days later near Charlottesville, Virginia. He had scratches on his face and hands and was wearing a freshly laundered set of clothing and claimed that he had no memory of the events between leaving Camp Humphreys and his capture. Sheriff Allison traveled to Charlottesville to interview the man, but after some weeks of investigation, determined that he was not connected to the crime. It's mm. fishy in general. It's <laughs> fishy, but at the first one, too, it's like he lives near there, but you can't just be like, it's him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not how that works. <laughs> it doesn't usually work that way. <laughs> no. Okay. The lagging investigation seemed to finally receive a break with the apprehension of Ben Rubin, an escaped inmate from Lorton Prison. Oh. Rubin, who had been serving a three-year sentence for housebreaking. Housebreaking. Isn't like being Him- Himself or? He just picked it up and hucked it. He doesn't shit on the floor. He's housebroken. Yeah, that too. <laughs> He was, he was practicing. He was how he was practicing. Um, he was arrested by Washington DC police on September 19th for assaulting a little girl. That's not funny. While on the way to the police station, he confessed to Eva's murder. Okay. Ruben claimed that he met Eva Roy looking after her father's cows. He asked her for food and a conversation with, with her. And he told her he was an ex convict. She declared that she would turn she would turn him up, as he declared, and he became excited and choked her. What? <laughs> oh, the Washington authorities okay. were unconvinced by Ruben's story and wanted to try him for assault and theft before turning him over to Virginia court. So essentially, he's like, she came on to me, so I got excited and choked her. 
It's her fault. It's not mine. I mean, I can't wrap my mind around that. That doesn't no. really. Okay, sure, man. I guess that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> An investigator sent by the Commonwealth of Virginia to interview Rubin concluded that he was not responsible for the crime. Gross. But extradition papers were filed anyways. On September 26, Rubin was escorted to the scene of the crime by Sheriff Allison, Commonwealth Attorney C. Vernon Ford, and Assistant Commonwealth Attorney Wilson M. Farr, Dr. Sweetnam, and Acting Counsel for the Defense, F.D. Richardson. After being unable to locate the scene of the attack or the tree where the body had been left, Rubin ended up denying that he had killed Eva. He claimed the presence of the girl's father spurred him to recant his confession. Ruben's motive for confessing was revealed some weeks later when, on October 6th, he escaped from jail in Fairfax. He was arrested two days later while attempting to buy a pistol and admitted that he concocted the story in order to be transferred to Fairfax where he thought escape would be easier. He was eventually convicted of... Uh, burglary and escape from jail and with yeah and escape from jail was sentenced to four more years in prison yeah so that was a, a wild so we're going to go right back to lou hall which was a half he lived a half mile away the woodcutter lou hall was finally tried for murder in fairfax county court the prosecution was handled by state attorney c vernon ford assisted by william m farr the defense was provided by walter t oliver his first trial resulted in a hung jury with nine votes for guilty and three for innocent. His second trial resulted in a clear verdict of not guilty. Oh. Peter Roy died on January 22nd, 1938, and it was interred in Lee Chapel Cemetery next to his youngest daughter. Her murderer was never found. After oh, scrutinizing, I know. After scrutinizing three preceding events, I concluded that none of these are likely candidates for the bunny man. Charles Hollowbear was caught and incarcerated. Louis Borzig was caught and um, summarily executed. And the murder of Roy Eva, even though it had many elements that could, uh, that ele sorry, elements that a legend could build upon, it's simply too old. The last assertion is based upon the other important factor that has emerged through my through the my re this guy's research, not mine. What <laughs> <laughs> was? <laughs> well, his. Give him all the credit. The Bunny Man, like any good legend, has involved has evolved over time. The recent rash of persons researching the origins of the story have been largely attracted by spectacular nature of the alleged crime. The previously cited Forbes version of the story features 32 victims and has a pronounced supernatural element. This contrasts sharply with the versions of the tale that I collected from the 1980s, which generally involve only one to three victims, usually children. More importantly, the earliest versions dating to the 1970s did not mention any of the deaths at all. These earliest versions recount acts of vandalism, usually against secluded residential construction sites or couples parked in secluded lover's lanes. No! <laughs> Leave the lovers alone! Leave the lovers alone! Easter orgies! <laughs> yeah! God! Um, but yeah, those type of locations being accosted, threatened by strange individuals dressed in a white bunny costume. So, facts versus folklore. After nearly eight years of research... 
there's finally a solid lead. November 11, 2000, Washington Post ran an article highlighting an interesting collection called Maryland Folklore Archive from the 1950s through 1990s. Students at three Maryland universities collected, researched, and transcribed numerous local legends. This material has finally come to rest in the holdings of the University of Maryland. In 1973, Maryland University student Patricia Johnson submitted a paper titled The Bunny Man. This paper was compiled as part of the coursework for class entitled Introduction to Folklore. She interviewed 33 students from Prince George County, Maryland, ages 15 to 18. Ms. Johnson relates that the tale met all of the qualifications of an urban belief tale. Specifically, it takes place in an urban setting, existed prior to her project, and has appeared in print as truth. She goes to state, included in this collection is an article from the Washington Post which verifies the story as truth. This was important, an important claim as it was found to have no primary sources to date. I was ex this art, this fucking, what's his name? The writer. He was extremely <laughs> frustrated. I know. I just, I respect him, but I just, anyways, I was extremely frustrated to find that the page containing the reference article was missing from the original paper she had written. Oh my God. <laughs> That's really annoying. <laughs> Uh, with any hope of quick resolution gone, I turned to examining the paper itself. Johnson's informants told 54 versions of the story. A rough tally revealed the following. 14 different geographic locations are mentioned. Eight involve the bunny man chasing or frightening people using children with a hatchet or an axe. Amazing. 14 <laughs> tell of attacks in cars. Nine claim he attacked a couple in a parked car. Five accused him of vandalism of homes and buildings, and only three mentioned murder. So based on the widespread geographic locations and significant variation represented in the tales, Johnson concluded that the Bunny Man was an urban belief tale. In short, the Bunny Man did not exist. Oh. But, but we like the idea. <laughs> yeah. But there's a little there's a little baby break breakthrough here. Break oh, breakthrough. They found the page. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> After rereading Johnson's paper several times, I noted that she had heard the tale for the first time around Halloween 1970. Having no better leads, I began a systematic search of the Washington Post for October that of that year in hopes of finding a previously cited news article. I was elated and not a little surprised to find the following. Um, and this is, I guess, the quote from the Washington Post. Okay. Man in bunny suit, sought in Fairfax. Fairfax County Police said yesterday they are looking for a man who likes to wear a white bunny rabbit costume and throws hatchets at cars' windows. Honest. Air Force Academy Cadet Robert Bennett told the police that shortly after midnight last Sunday, him and his fiancée were sitting in a car in the 4500 block of Guinea Road when a man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears ran from the nearby bush and shouted, "'You're on private property!' I have your tag number. Oh, no. <laughs> the rabbit then threw a wooden handled atch through the right car window. At the first year cadet told police soon he threw as soon as he threw the ha hatchet, the rabbit skipped off into the night. Police yes. said <laughs> <laughs> Bennett and his fiance were not injured. So it's, we can laugh. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Police say that they have the hatchet, but there are no clues to the case. They say Bennett was visiting an uncle who lives across the street from the spot where the car was parked. 
The cadet was in the area to attend last weekend's Air Force Navy football game. When I began the writer, when I began the project, the aspect that puzzled me the most was the actual bunny suit. Again, I'm quoting the writer now. Yeah. I expected to find that the legend was um, spawned by an event where by an event that was strange or in some way notable, but I never suspected that the bunny man was really a bunny man. <laughs> I was further surprised to find a second appearance recorded two weeks later. So here's another um, quote. The rabbit reappears. A man wearing a furry rabbit suit with two long ears appeared again on Guinea Road in Fairfax County Thursday night, police reported, this time wielding an axe and chopping away at the roof support of a new house. <laughs> Less than two weeks ago, a man wearing what was described as a rabbit suit accosted two persons in a parked car of trespassing and heaved a hatchet through a closed window um, while it was parked at the 4500 Guinea Road. They were not hurt. The Thursday night's rabbit, Thursday night's rabbit wearing a suit described as gray, black and white was spotted a block away from 5307 Guinea Road. Paul Phillips, a private security guard for a construction company, said he saw the rabbit standing at the front of the porch of the new and unoccupied house. I started talking to him, Phillips said, and that's when he started chopping. <laughs> All you people trespass around here, Phillips said. The rabbit told him as it whacked eight gashes into the pole. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you over the head. Philip oh said he walked back to his car to get his handgun, but the rabbit carrying the long-handled axe ran off back into the woods. The security Holy. guard said the man was about five foot eight, 160 pounds, and appeared to be in his early 20s. <laughs> well. <laughs> so these two documented appearance of a bunny-suited figure in the same Fairfax County community was this just a bunny man or or copycats acting out stories they had heard from somewhere else? I again turned to Johnston's paper for clues. As mentioned earlier, the 14, 14 of her tales mentioned a couple in a parked car being attacked. Nine of these, uh, but nine of these specifically mentioned a hatchet being thrown into a car. Of the five mentioning vandalism, two described columns being chopped. The story told by 17-year-old G. Taylor was particularly revealing. She relayed related i think it was last year or maybe before that i came home from school i was listening to the news i had just gotten in and i had heard there was a man and a woman sitting in a car it could have been teenagers but they're it could have been teenagers but they just they were just parked and all of a sudden they looked up and there was a bunny you know this giant bunny that just ran out of the woods you know from behind and all <laughs> i guess i want to say this like I'm thinking, you know? she's, yeah, she's like, you know, this giant bunny just like ran out of the woods, you know, from like behind <laughs> and all, like from the trees. <laughs> and then he ran in front of the car and he had a hatchet and he threw it through the car and just turned around, and went back away. <laughs> this is so casual all the time. Yeah. They were shocked and they just sat there and watched. They try, you know, they tried to explain and everything, but he just wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> And then they took it to the police afterwards and the police, you know, they went back and all and they asked if they had seen anything and nobody had seen it until a couple of days later. A lot of people were saying that they had seen a bunny man. And then like after that, the police tried to investigate, but they couldn't get anything. And then they found these places that sell costumes and all. And they found that it had been 
<laughs> had it been but three people had um bought costumes. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Then they, you know, put theirs away and bought them back and all, and it wasn't them. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and and nobody ever found. Oh, and nobody ever found out about the funny man, and it just <laughs> went on for a couple of weeks, and then it like died out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck me. Support. <laughs> that girl is the best. Miss Taylor's recollections are important for a number of, number of reasons. Fuck, my head hurts now. <laughs> First, she identifies that the television news as her source of information. Second, she accurately relates the hatchet thrown through the occupied car, the teenage couple of accusation of trespassing, and the police involvement. Third, she states that it went on for a couple of weeks and then stopped. Lastly, she identified that the time frame was, was in six months. The October 22 news story is clearly the origin of the tale that she told. Moreover, although the story had mutated notably in 22 years, many of Johnson's 53 other versions also contain recognizable elements of the October 1970 incidents. Newspaper accounts of the and oral reports can be revealing, but neither can be trusted to be completely accurate. It was time to look for more trustworthy records. So anyways, I'm going to skip past a couple things. But in conclusion, who the bunny man was and what motivated him in such a bizarre manner is still a mystery. We don't know why that was happening. However, the available evidence points to the October 1970 events as the genesis of the bunny man legend. Many of these tales collected by Patricia Johnson, good job, Patricia, in 1973, clearly derive from the from the events as reported in newspapers and television news of that period. The official police report makes no mention of any pre-existing stories that this individual could have been copying. Furthermore, William L. Johnson specifically states to the author that he found no indications of any earlier stories or criminal incidents involving an individual dressed as a rabbit. It also plain. It is also plainly evident that the story story began to take on the features of an urban legend quite soon after the events were reported. The investigator Johnson was following leads generated by schoolyard rumors less than Ooh. two weeks after the first appearance of the bunny man. And by the time Patricia Johnson began her work two and a half years later, the story had mutated in location, frequency and severity. And there that is it. That is the bunny wow. man. What a roller coaster. Thank you. Thank you. I was just thinking Donnie Darko, but that is deeper than anticipated. It's just like, it just like gets really into the thick of like where this, where these things come from, like these yeah, origins, yeah. you know, which I appreciate. And like out of Patricia Johnson's interviews, the 17 year old uh, G Taylor, Miss Taylor, uh huh, fucking gold. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. I like how they just like <laughs> word for word. Yeah. And then like, so and then like, you know, when he went back and he's like, and back yeah, you, you just think as a 17 year old would react. <laughs> oh my God. I so accidentally, funny. like one time I logged into my Facebook and it glitched and my messages went back to like university. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't believe how fucking illiterate and dumb I was. I was like, did I, <laughs> did 
did I think I was acting? Did I think this was cool? Did I really formulate this for a reason? Like, Why? Don't ask cool that. or was I just a big idiot? <laughs> well, I, was, I was a big, dumb idiot. That it's just like weird slang. Yeah, it's no, cool. It wasn't even It was dumb, 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 dumb fever. Dumb, dumb fevers. Yeah. Still but, hormonal, turns yeah. out. <laughs> wow, well, that was Hondo. a good one. So again, just to give homage, because I literally read from this gentleman's paper. Uh-huh. Um, the real-life origins of an urban legend by Brian A. Conley, historic, historic, historian, archivist. I can read Fairfax <laughs> County Public Library. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah, and I will link this. He lists all his sources. Um, this website, this page was last updated April, I think, a couple days ago, maybe. Oh, yeah, whatever. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't know. the press. I don't think this particular article is like it's more like a WordPressy. Oh. Like it's research.fairfaxcounty.gov, so it's okay. Yeah. It's but, their know. Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fairfax Wiki. It's their Wicka Wicka Wick what? Yeah. Nice. So there you go. Sweet. No, you don't got to be afraid of the bridge anymore. I'm not afraid. I ain't afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid of nobody, but like, <laughs> I really like how this like man was just like belligerent in a rabbit suit. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like why? Here, I got something for you. Yeah. Check out, check out my hatchet. I mean, I guess it doesn't totally sound that insane, but I mean, I lived in East Vancouver for a while, so. No, that's like, not. like that running down the street. It's normal there. So. Oh my God. Do you ever see the people? Okay. <clears throat> You remember the scene in uh, Men in Black with, like, the aliens on the bicycle glowing? Yes. You ever see the, the glowing bicycle people in East Van? Yeah, they used to bike past my house all summer. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a whole troop. Mm-hmm. A whole troop. East Van, man. Had, like, there was, like, oh, I can't remember why it was a thing, but everybody would walk around without any – or walk around. They would go on transit and ride their bikes with no pants on. Yeah, that's the, the pantless bike ride. Yeah. That's, that's the it. thing. <laughs> and then they they well that would happen and then the neon bicyclists bicycle people on bikes <laughs> would drive by in the evening <laughs> it's a whole nice. thing yeah east van yeah east van. it's fun uh, i wonder if we have any east van urban legends oh so there has to be something i got from 604 now um these vancouver urban legends will creep you the hell out uh-oh. <laughs> Better be itemized. Oh, I know some of these. Hotel Vancouver, Lady Red, bullshit. Oh, UBC, yeah. The Hiker. Eh, I don't know about that one. Straight out of Georgia. What? The Georgia Strait. Oh, The Feet. No, that was The Feet. We oh, The know Feet. About. That, that's real. Yeah. Not an urban legend. That's real. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gastown, Ghost. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Oak Theater. Uh, yeah, I guess so. It's old enough. These aren't urban legends. These are just kind of facts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll just have to dive deeper to find that. Yeah. I know, I like, a-, a couple of the uh, strip clubs are scarily haunted. Yeah, I went into the pent. Well, actually, I've been both penthouse and number five. Yeah. And I mean, it just I just don't feel comfortable in either of those buildings. But I found. The penthouse has got, like, haunted, 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 haunted vibes. That's exactly the one I was talking about. Yeah. It's, and it's, like, 
I don't know. It's exactly what it sounds like, like a penthouse. Like it's got velour red and stuff. I haven't been there in there for forever. Mm-hmm. My friend did a burlesque show in there once, but yeah, yeah. I was like, um, who wants to like go to wash with me? Because I'm afraid I'm gonna like get sucked into the wall here. <laughs> like, no, it's it, it does but have I think those, those feels. I think it was the first strip club in Vancouver, like the oldest one or the oldest building, or like there's something right. linked. There's something um, linked to it. Number five is definitely eerie too, though. I I used to have a girlfriend that danced there, and I think she said somebody like pushed her once in a room or something. I don't remember. Anyway, ghost. Well, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that the if it was a, if it wasn't translucent, they'd get escorted out immediately. But. <laughs> but... Get oh, out of here, you're here. I don't like that. And then you're all yeah. vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Uncomfortable. Ah! Yikes. Ooh. Gives me the willies. Yeah, uncomfortable. Well, a hundo. On, on that note, I don't have a joke, but I have a, a couple facts. Okay. Some cute facts. All right. Well, I guess it, it depends. I like jelly beans, so whatever. Um, Americans consume over 16 million jelly beans on Easter. Enough oh to circle the globe more than three times. It's aggressive. <laughs> I already have contributed to that. I don't yeah, I was eating just... jelly. Yeah. I was uh, eating them when we turned the podcast on. Nice. I think it, actually last pod, yeah, and it actually made me sick because I just went to town. I remember. And then, I, yeah, I left them open for Dylan to have someone who came home and he forgot they were there. And then the next day, I'm like, free game. I gave you your chance. This is it. <laughs> and then I demolished it. And he's like, I had, oh, I missed it. I had a day to digest. I'm back into it. Pretty much. And also, when I get shit like that, I just have to get it. I, <laughs> I have to finish it, get it out, like, get it over with kind of deal. But I won't ever throw it out. Like, I just shouldn't be buying things like this. It's bad. I'm addicted yep. to jelly beans. That's my move. I just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> just stopped. Well, there's that one. And then I have another one. Mm-hmm. In some European countries, other than animals, other animals, sorry, in Switzerland, the c- cuckoo in Westphalia, the fox, brought mm-hmm. Easter eggs, not just a bun bun. Oh. Yeah. So there's Mr. other Fox. But yeah. is it Mr. Fox. Oh, it's Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf. And then I think also in uh, Australia, they have a different animal. I can't remember the name, but it's similar to a rabbit in some sense. Kangaroo. <laughs> Not a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I... Although that makes a lot of sense. Is it they the Easter cows, platypus? So. Easter platypus. Oh. oh my God. I saw the best meme yesterday. Uh-huh. Or maybe today. And it just showed, it was like Australian man finds um, fish with no eyes and teeth. It was like oh. it looked like a serpent. It was crazy. And then the comment was, "Australia's where Satan keeps his pets." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for real though, there's lots of weird shit there. Yeah. But then Australians here are like, "Oh man, you guys love bears and cougars," and we're like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> They're not poisonous. No, they stalk you though. Yeah, but they can't like they can't like Ow. sneak up on you out of the toilet and That's end your true. life. Unless your door's open. Yeah. You gotta it's invite not. that shit in like a vampire. You're like yeah. you have to be literally baiting it with, with trash. Yeah, hello. Yeah. However, a bear almost broke into my house. That's different. You live in the forest. Spring. Not quite. Forest behind. But I have a sliding glass door and then Dylan thought it was me. <laughs> but 
it's like 1 a.m. or something. But it ripped the screen door off, and then Dylan spooked it because he's like, what on earth is happening? But we have a sliding glass door, and it was unlocked, and the bear could have just put its mitt in the thing and pull yep. it over. Yeah, no, they can do that. You also Bob's your forest. uncle. Lock yeah. your shit, please. We've got, like, a great snack pit in this kitchen. Lock your shit, man. Yeah, but bears don't know any better. They'll just destroy your shit and only eat, a like, a one percentile of... Or like, maybe a bunch of it and then get into a coma and have a little sne- sleepy sleep, and you wake up in the morning and bear. That'd be ideal, but, like, they're smelly, and they, in reality, they stink, and they destroy, and they usually shit. So, <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys have dealt with bear shit, but it's freaking nasty. It's got lots of seeds in it. Berries. Unless they're garbage bears. Yeah. Garbage so, bears. Last summer, a garbage left a little apple surprise pie at the end of our driveway. Nice. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. But, yeah, anyways, that, yeah. Um... I have I have some jokes. Cool. Yoke me up. What did the rabbit give his partner? A carrot. A fourteen carat ring. Oh, duh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's the name of the rabbit who stole from the rich and gave to the poor? Uh, Peter. <laughs> rabbit hood. Rabbit hood. Oh my god, duh. I, I thought you were gonna get that one. Yeah, I should have. I my brain's fried, I guess. Meh. Where do rabbits Meh. work? Oh no. <laughs> oh, where do rabbits work? I hop restaurants. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I was gonna say like at the Annie's <laughs> macaroni and cheese store. <laughs> what do you call two? What do you call two rabbits racing down the road? Ooh. Speed demons. <laughs> the fast and the furriest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Fast and the furriest five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, cute. What do rabbits put in their computers? A ooh, carrot chip. Hoppy disks. A what? Hoppy disk. Hoppy disk. Now floppy. Back in, Back in the day. Anybody younger than us is going to know what a floppy disk oh, yeah. is. <laughs> Um, Very how do you cool. know, I'll leave it after this. How do you know carrots are good for your eyes? I don't know. Because you never seeing rabbits wearing glasses. That's true. Unless they're detectives of some oh sort, I'm sure. Um, I'm reading a book. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast today and they're talking about this like story about a guy that like didn't realize he needed glasses to like second year of university. Oh no. And he was just like memorizing shapes to read them and he thought that was normal. Oh. What? Yeah. Fuck, man. Imagine that guy when he has his proper glasses on. He probably he probably passed out when he slapped on his new glasses. Oh my god. Wow, that's wild. How hard your life is, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's not that bad. Nothing is that bad. It's actually pretty straightforward. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's reasonably reasonable. That's wild. Holy cow. Well, I'm happy that he discovered that. Yeah. Yeah, me Holy. too. I'm glad for that person. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's a bunch there of Easter. Is. There's a bunch of Easter shit. I learned a lot. I think you learned a lot. Yeah, definitely. We went for it. Um, if you have complaints, comments, or concerns, please email Jill at deepnerder at gmail.com. If you want to listen to the social medias, it's all the things. Apple, Spotify, Acast. Yeah. Stuff. Wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever you do, the things that you do. <laughs> When you put the, the headphones in and yeah. you hit play. Plug in, you hit play. That's right.
and there you go. Right. Yeah. Oh, and Instagram at D. Oh, right. Sorry. And yeah, that's all. That's it. I don't have Twitter. You don't have Twitter. So. I don't, well, I mean, I have it, but I don't use it. But not in, not Instagram. God, not deep nerder. Not deep nerder. <laughs> no. No. Uh, just Insta Instagram. No. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Have have a hoppy hoppy afternoon. Have a hoppy uh, hoppy Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, Bye. suckers. Bye. Bye. Bye.